Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, church. It's a joy to be here once again to share together as his children, together to share from his word and to enjoy fellowship as his children. So I bring greetings to you, those that are gathered physically here and those who are online. And I want again to say praise the Lord. My name is Baram Banyanzachi, and I serve with the Ministry of the Navigators, a ministry that uh, disciples people, a ministry that desires to see every child of God who comes to faith that they are discipled, they are rooted. so that they begin to enjoy Jesus as he intended. Not being tossed here and there. That as individuals, they are able to experience Jesus as they engage in the word of life, the only truth, the scriptures, but that Lord, as they enjoy the scriptures, as they enjoy Jesus, that they are able to share the same with others. We're so glad for the privilege given even to share this afternoon in this very truth. Shall we pray? Father God, thank you. Thank you for this moment together. Thank you for the hunger and thirst that you continue to cause your people to have a hunger for your truth, a hunger for the true gospel of Jesus Christ, a hunger for righteousness, a hunger to walk in your ways. Thank you for their commitment to come daily and sit together at your feet in this place and those online and to just experience your love. We commit our time here together. We pray that, Lord, you minister to our hearts. Lord, as we share in the subject of prayer, would you help us? Would you help us to understand your truth? Would you, Lord, help us that as we listen in by your Spirit, you will cause us to make a shift so that we begin to enjoy prayer. 
we begin to enjoy prayer as you intended. We'll begin to enjoy and understand the purpose you gave us prayer. Father, we give you praise. We pray that, Lord, you will speak. Speak to me and speak to your people. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Yes. Our main theme is overcoming. Overcoming by prayer and fasting. And uh, the theme verse for the entire season has been got, has, has been got from uh, uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 29. A very familiar verse. And Jesus said to them, this kind can only be driven out by prayer and fasting. This kind I will not dwell so much in that. I believe many things have been talked about it. He says, this kind. Meaning we have to be sensitive to know which kind. That particular time, he says, this kind. That I won't get there. But for us to know how to pray, how to fast, and how to enjoy the blessings of prayer and fasting. We need to be a people that are tuned in so that we are hearing very clearly what the Lord is speaking to us. And our sub-theme is prayer as communication with God. Prayer as communication with God. Prayer is communicating with God. We're going to look at those two things. What is communication? What kind of communication? When prayer is communication, how should we respond to it? How should prayer be looking, uh, looking like if it is communication with God? In our theme verse, is from Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, but I'll pick it from verse 1. Let me pick it from verse 2 to 4. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At that same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the world to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Pray at all times. Prayer as communication. Based on our theme verse, Communication involves receiving, sending, and receiving of messages. 
it presupposes that there are more than two people. It's two or more people that are having a conversation. It's a conversation between two or more people. Communication. And when we look at it as prayer, it means that we have, if it is prayer as communication with God, it means that we, his children, are praying, are conversing, are having a dialogue with our God. It can be verbal or non-verbal. You can verbalize it. Or it is not verbal. You know, praying. Jesus was praying with groans. At times you are in prayer and you're not uttering words, but within your spirit, you're really communicating. It can be even a facial expression. It can be words. It's not a monologue. When we are talking with God, it's not a monologue that we come here and, I, and I will, I'll explain it a little later. Communication is not a monologue that I come. That's why I, I, I enjoy small groups because when you talk, there is a feedback. Here I am going to talk and then all of you go away. I'm just talking and you're just listening. When it is communication with God, that's not what it is. God is right there and is hearing every word that we say to him. Communication is not monologue. So every time you go before God and you talk, 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 and you move away, you've not communicated. And I want to tell you, that's what we do all the time. We throw him some words. Somebody can even be six hours in prayer, even an overnight, and they talk. You meet them at the gate in the morning. They don't even have a voice. They were simply doing what? What were they doing? they were having a monologue conversation. They did not give God a chance to hear him respond to them about what they were talking. But they are happy to talk. Oh, we enjoy talking. When we are tired of talking in form of praying, we even sing. When we are tired of singing, we speak in tongues. When we are tired, we will have all forms of prayer to make sure that our time with the Lord, I always pray for one hour, not anything less. But in that one hour, what did God tell you? Okay, you told God everything you wanted to say. What did he say to you? Unfortunately for many of us, 
We can even go in prayer before we have even gone to the scriptures to hear the voice of God, to hear the mind of God. But we are happy to pray. Oh, how we love to pray. In fact, if I came to this cathedral or anywhere and you just saw me wrestling in prayer and quietly, not even murmuring anything, you will say, I have not prayed. Because I wasn't talking. In fact, as I will explain later, it has become so, and I think God, but he's a faithful God. But if I was the one, I wouldn't show up. Because today you came and talked for one hour and you didn't give me a chance to speak back. Tomorrow you invite me again, I am there, you are talking for another hour and I am not giving you a chance to speak. Would you come back? You would think something is wrong with us. And I can assure you, something is wrong with us because we have been taught prayer in a wrong way. Because unfortunately, again, in our local dialects, what is prayer? What is prayer in your local dialect? What is kushaba? Asking, begging. And so it's the culture we bring into prayer. And yet prayer wasn't designed for that very purpose alone. In fact, the aspect of asking is so small when we think about prayer. Prayer was designed by God for something that was great, greater than us going before him and asking for popcorns all the time. Asking like our children go in a, in a place and they are craving for dolls. All kinds of dolls. Prayer is not monologue. It's a dialogue. If you have been one hour before God and you have not heard him say something, or if for one hour you've been speaking and you move out, it is just one of the things we now tick off. I did. Me, I pray every day. And we can't be in a position to say the Lord spoke to me. And many of us, because you have read a scripture, and the Lord has ministered to you, you think God has spoken to you in a certain direction. No. You need to be in a place. So that means in a communication, a good communicator is a good listener. A good communicator, even in the world over, a good communicator is a good listener. James chapter 1 verse 19 says, everyone should be quick to do what? Does he say everyone should be quick to speak? 
He says everyone should be quick to listen. Slow to do what? Now think about those two things. Quick to listen and slow. That is the posture that God desires for each one of us whenever we enter prayer because God is ever present and willing to listen. He's such a good listener that when even we have come for three years, none stop coming to him and telling him and not giving him a chance, he is ever there to listen. But we are never there to listen. In the morning, you manage, you put five minutes, you pray. Yeah, that's better than nothing, but you have just prayed. You read the scripture and tick it off. And you can't even go to God in prayer and asking specific things that God has spoken. Because we know that God's primary way of speaking to us is through his word. A good communicator is a good listener. How have you been doing? How often do you listen? And guess what? It takes discipline to be a good listener. You know, to be before somebody you are having a conversation and somebody dominates 99.9% of the talk and you say you have been having a conversation. So many of us talk to God and that is monologue. We are supposed to talk with God. That is a dialogue. talk with. He never saved and created us to talk to him. Does he talk to us? He, talk, he desires us to engage. He's a God who desires us to engage him. Communication involves feedback. Yeah, today we talked, possibly we talked about a few things. Tomorrow when we meet, there must be feedback from what we talked about. Am I right? Feedback. Communication, good communication involves feedback. Because that is very encouraging. When I give you feedback, it means that you took what we talked about yesterday so seriously. God has communicated to us through his word, but we are not doing anything about it. Feedback. How are you responding to our conversation yesterday? If you come and you have not responded, or you don't even know anything because you were not able to hear what I told you, it is very disgusting. You don't want to be in the presence of such a person. He sucks you. Thankfully for God, he doesn't get sucked. 
but he feels so bad that his children can't relate with him in that way. So every, every conversation, every communication has a purpose. Communication gets very exciting when two people get to know each other intimately. Communication gets exciting. For us who are married, when there is no communication between a couple, spouses, oh my, life is hard. They are together. And by the way, they talk to one another. Did you buy groceries? Yes. At least there is some feedback there. But that's as far as it is. But others don't even ask that question. They see a need, they meet it, and they keep quiet. But once people who love each other, who know each other so well, begin to communicate. There is such an exciting... I mean, you, you need to see a couple that really communicates. You look at them, and if you are a couple that doesn't do the same, you feel like you need to throw in the towel the following day. Because they make you feel like, wow. There's so much they have in common. They are willing to, eat, to, to, to just uh, hear from each other. So the opinions and, uh, and the convictions we have are an, about each other will help us so much to have a good communication. You see, if you know me as a thief and I am standing before you here preaching, there is no communication because your opinion of me is so skewed. But if you know me for who I am according to what the scriptures say, when we are communicating, there will be freedom. There will be trust in what I am saying because there is honesty. You know, when we don't know God, when we do not know who God is, when we do not know his character so well, our communication will not be proper. Because there will not be freedom of expression. You know, when I'm talking to somebody that I know, I express myself fully I don't have to be fake around that person. And many of us are so fake around God as if he doesn't know anything about us, everything about us. You are asking and you are communicating with God about the job and you are saying, you know, God, when I get this job, trust me. Tithe and even more. In fact, I'm planning to give 30% tithe. And aware that God knows your heart. You're just being fake around him. Such communication 
it doesn't come well. He knows you. He knows you. And many times we go to God telling him lies. And we think he doesn't know. And we are communicating. Communication that communication thrives better where a relationship is very authentic. You don't have to do anything, you know. When we come to all saints or wherever we worship, we are very good. Very, very good. But he knows us. When we are bringing our tithe, he knows that we are not tithing because we love him. We are tithing because we are expecting to open the floodgates. He knows us. James 4, chapter, chapter 4, verses 2, 3 says, You do not have because you do not ask. But he also says, but when you ask, you do not receive because you are asking with wrong motives. He knows. And he is not mandated to answer that prayer. It doesn't matter whether you dance on top of a needle. It does not matter. That's why some of us pray for jobs. And we are trusting God for an answer to prayer. But before long, we are compromising on many things. And we even come and say to give thanks to the Lord. But you know, you used very ungodly means to attain it. Your motives. So think about it. Communication. We're talking about prayer as communication with God. So what is prayer? Prayer is not about asking. Is there a look bar in here? I was asking a question and I met a look bar and they have, a, I think, a clear definition of what prayer is in their language. Most of us, possibly all of us here, prayer is asking. And so every time we go to God, we are only simply doing what? Asking. Asking. But even if you are asking, if I say, uh, excuse me, my brother, will you give me this? Will you say, will you give me this and walk away? You should be also able to wait and listen. So prayer is never about asking. God instituted prayer for a relationship. If you miss relating favorably and excitedly with God during your prayer moments, you've missed it. Unfortunately, prayer has been so hardened because they tell you you must pray like this. 
you must pray these words. These words will, 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 will. God can't fail to answer you when you pray like. You know, we have even books in our shelves that says, how? I've forgotten the titles. But they will tell you, they will have titles like prayers that God must answer. How to pray so that God answers. Because they have they have legalized prayer and have emptied it of its power and purpose. If so and so prays for you, everything will be fine. If you pray facing this way, if you pray, these days you have to pray and pray in a certain tone. Yeah, as if people are in a shrine. You must pray. If you must pray, you must pray at a certain point, aligning your prayers like this and praying these words. Prayer has been emptied of its power and of its purpose. It has become so legalistic that we no longer enjoy it, but we strive through prayer. You need to see somebody praying and you see their face and you wonder what is going on here. They frown their faces. I say, eh, eh, are these guys, are they in the Lord's presence? I say, something is going on, something wrong is going on here. Because that's how we have brought prayer to men. Prayer is simply communication. And when you're communication with, or communicating with somebody you love, you don't strive. You, don't, you come in just as you are. You know, when you're going to pray, you must first of all do this, and then after doing this, do that, and then after that, do that. When you are approaching a friend, he is a friend. When the scriptures, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18, when they say pray at all times, if praying at all times is coming to the altar at all sins, so are you going to stay here forever? So prayer is just communication. It's fellowship with God. It's just having a good time with the Lord that at all times you are simply connected with your Father. And when you're going to Him, you're going to Him. Beloved, the way we pray to the Almighty God, if our Almighty God was our Father, He would have disowned us a long time ago. These days we command God we shout at him, if you went to ask for an inheritance from your dad, would you go in that very posture? It's a conversation. You are approaching to the one you need. It's coming. Let me tell you, prayer is just a conversation. It's a lifestyle. It is not one of the things that we do. 
that this is prayer month and then we are praying. Yes, there are moments when you dedicate extended moments with the Lord to hear. Possibly there is something that is happening and you want to hear God's mind about it. And you so you commit to spend more time with him. Listening and hearing to the scriptures and the spirit works around. We dread prayer when they say it is a prayer. That's why when they say, hey, Judge Grace, can you pray for us? Mm -hmm. Because you know that there is a prayer warrior in the group. If you don't pray the way he prays, you're going to feel less. And so you miss an opportunity to commune with God on behalf of others because ah, what will other people hear? Ah, what will they think? I won't pray like so I am better. Ah, please, can you ah, let him pray? Children of God, there is freedom. Prayer gives us the freedom to enjoy our Lord. I need to run before I'm chased out of here. Yeah. The moment you go to God in prayer, it's a sign of saying, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Prayer is a sign of surrender. I know, Lord, you know it all. And you are able to. Prayer is a, is a sign of worship. The moment you say, Lord, I trust you, you are worshiping God. Worshiping God is not through the choir that comes here, let's worship. No. Prayer is worship. If you go into prayer and you go because you trust him, because you are thankful to him, because you're worshiping, it's very amazing worship, communication, because you know him. So prayer was designed by God to enrich the life of every believer. Not to enrich you with material things, but enrich you with his very presence, himself. Prayer ushers us into the realm of the spirit that we are able to commune and experience and enjoy the presence of the Lord without any limitation. But we got to communicate with our God with our preconceived ideas and views about him, the things that we want. We are not going to God to commune with him, to communicate with him. We are going to God because we want things from him. That's not a relationship. And so that's not communication. It is a monologue thing. So we go to God. We go to the scriptures. He speaks to us. We go to our heavenly father. Beloved, 
Do you have a relationship with your father that you can confidently be in his presence and you just pour out? Beloved, in the old days, like Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, in the olden days, God spoke to us through the prophets. We had mediators. We had prophets. We had other people that approached God on their behalf. But in these last days as believers, we approach God on our own. You don't need a mediator. I'm currently working with a family that is almost being torn to pieces because the mother in the house trusts pastors. They are her God. Anything they go, she goes there. Anything she goes. Anything she has been reduced to nothing. And many of us here we hop from church to church looking for people who can communicate to God on our behalf. Are you a believer or you're not? In your smallness, the way you approach God is the way an archbishop approaches God. And possibly yours could be better because you don't have many things that are around you. Am I saying don't allow people to pray with you? No, far from it. But if you depend on people to approach God on your behalf, you are totally lost and you're not in a relationship. Communication. Prayer is communication to God. So, prayer, it's a posture of your heart. It has nothing to do with the words that you use, the place you go to, the time, the pastor that you go to, the church that you go to, it is all about you. You see, when we read Matthew chapter 6 from verse 8, he says, I know all that you need. Can you imagine going to God on that basis that he already knows? So go in my presence unhindered, unworried, not afraid, not, not, not very anxious. I already know. Just come in my presence and we commune, we fellowship. And when the disciples were asking him to teach them how to pray, he says, when you pray, after having told them all that you need, I know, and I have already taken care of it. So when you go in my presence, always seek for a relationship first. Secondly, seek about my will. Concerning my kingdom, concerning your life, then worship me. Is there anything else? It's a prayer, the Lord's prayer we say. Every day on our home altars, in churches, in our offices, everywhere. Our Father who art in, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
And then he begins to talk about his will for your own life and your neighbor. Forgive us. No temptation. Provide for us. And then worship the Lord. Just a relationship. We strive in prayer, I can assure you. Because prayer has become one of the things that we do, not the life that we lead. We got God when we hit a wall. That's when we become so godly and so prayerful. You are trusting God for a spouse. Oh, you will take a 40-day fast. But even the 40-day fast, you are not seeking God. You are even telling him about the other boy, the other girl. It has nothing to do with God. You're talking about, Lord, I'm seeking your will concerning this job. But you're already meeting somebody. You're already approaching an uncle. You're already bribing somewhere. And you are busy in prayer and fasting. You're trusting God for a child. It can be very, very painful. But while you're trusting and fasting, you're also approaching the other powers. God says he just wants us to relate with him, to know what his will is for his kingdom on earth and about us, his will. Prayer, the biggest point of prayer is that you are in his presence to seek his will at all times. And guess what? We must be in prayer at all times because life, every moment, needs God. For apart from him, you can do because you don't even know this, the, the, the next hour, what is going to happen, that's why you must be connected. God, what are you saying? That we are so much in tune with him that all of us, when a border border crosses you, you don't say, look at this idiot. No, you're saying, oh, Lord, have mercy on this one because you have been tuned. But is that what we do? They are making four lines and you are cursing and gnashing your teeth. As a believer, what should be your response? Let me almost come in, uh, bring it to a close. So prayer helps us to know what, the what of God. What is he doing? Why is he doing it? When is he doing it? Where is he doing it from? You know? And then we join him right there. Not our very own. So like I said, prayer is not one of the things we do. One of these religious activities that we do. We do it here. Let's enter intercession. In fact, if somebody is here and is connecting in the spirit, the pastor will come and say, time. Because prayer and intercession during the service is 10 minutes. In fact, when you do better, they will commend you. If you do like five minutes after the service, they said you did very well. 
I'm not saying we should pray until, no, no, we must be also sensitive to the spirit. But you see, that's where we have reduced prayer. It's one of the things we do in the service. It's one of the things we do on our prayer altars, in our offices. It's just one of the things we do. It's not a lifestyle. Prayer as communication needs to be in a lifestyle. Because God is ever present and is ever listening and desires to answer. There are some people, of course, I see we have a prayer request put here. They can never pray for themselves. Yes, there are moments when you are weak and a brother could lift you up. That is. But if you make it a habit that for you, when you put it here, they will pray. Who has told you? Who knows what you need more than you? And who should approach God? Who should communicate with God? So God is always listening. When you read Jeremiah 33, verse 3, he says, come, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things that you know nothing about. Just, 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 please communicate. Let's communicate. Have something greater than the car that you are asking. It's greater. Unsearchable, unthinkable, unimaginable. It's great, it's big, it's exciting. But we have settled and put prayer in a place that it doesn't belong. So, like I said, God's primary communication to us is through His Word and through His Spirit. When you're not engaged in the scriptures and you're not memorizing and meditating on his word, let me tell you, every prayer you pray is your own flesh. It's your own words and it is empty because you must reason with God on the basis of his truth. And many of us are happy to pray the whole day and we can't even spend 10 minutes in his word. Ever making noise before the Lord that is empty. When you have no scripture in your life, your prayer has no substance because God honors his word. He says he honors his word to see it fulfilled. Isn't that what Jeremiah 1.12 says? He watches. Reason with him. And the moment you do that, you connect with the spirit. And the moment you are connected to the spirit, that means that you are going to have a meaningful communication. So possibly we need to be taught how to listen from God. We need to be taught. We possibly need to learn how to listen from God because we can't be taught how to speak anymore because we speak all the time. Speak all the time. So if you are writing the scriptures, Romans 10, 17, God's primary way of communication through his word and the Holy Spirit. Romans 10, 17 and John 14, 26. 
So what kills communication in possibly two minutes? Two, what kills communication? What kills this communication in prayer? One is sin. Many of us have underrated, undermined the power and the effect of sin in our communication with God. That repetitive sin, that unconfessed sin, that habitual sin that you have tolerated, it kills a relationship and it kills your prayer life. You read Psalm 66, verse 18. Let me read that. Psalm 66. Within a very few minutes, I will be done. Psalm 66, verse 18 says, If I had cherished iniquity, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would have not listened. Sin, that unconfessed sin, that uh, habitual sin that you have tolerated, it kills that uh, communication, that relationship. Two, lack of faith. Hebrews 11, 16, I mean, Hebrews 11, 6, it says, and without faith it is impossible. When you approach God on the basis that God is going to lift this mountain and remove it from here and put it there, but in your heart you are saying, hmm, really? Is this possible? I doubt. But you go ahead and spend three hours and pray. What are you praying? You don't have faith in the one you are calling upon. So what does he do? God works on our behalf on the basis of our faith in what he has said. It is impossible to please God without, without faith because everyone who approaches him must, be, must really say he exists and rewards those who, who approach him. Prideful heart, Isaiah 66, verse 12. Prideful heart, Isaiah 66, verse 12. You know our attitudes towards God? We have no reverence. We're so proud. We are so proud even when we are approaching our God. Our attitudes towards him are so very off. We have a familiarity. Anyway, he's a God who forgives sin. Even if I, I indulge in sin, he will forgive me anyway. Mm. But you remember Hebrews 10.26 says, if we deliberately keep on sinning when we have received the truth, when we have received that grace that has saved us, that there is no more remedy for that sin except a fearful judgment and a raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Lack of knowledge of the scriptures. Matthew 22:29 says, we are in error because we do not know the scriptures or the power of God. Many times we do what we do, we communicate with God without the knowledge of the truth. And I've already said that makes our prayers empty. They are dry because the promises of God is what we go to God with. Lastly, 
selfish prayers. We have already talked about it. We go to God not according to his will. Not according to his will, but according to our agenda. You go to God telling him what to do, how to do it, when to do it. Lord, I'm going to take a three-day fast. By the end of the three-day fast, act. That's how we relate with our God. This year, Lord, I have waited. This is my New Year's resolution. Is it aligned to his will? Prayer as communication with God. Are you enjoying your communion with God through prayer? Or you are enduring it because it has become a burden? Father God, thank you for this time. Thank you for ministering to our hearts. But thank you for your faithfulness. Blessed be your holy name, O oh God. Lord, teach us how to pray once more. Teach us. Draw us into your heart. Lord, we desire to experience you through prayer. That, Lord, prayer is not transactional, that we come to you transacting, but we come to you seeking a relationship, desiring to hear from you, desiring to worship you, desiring to hear from you telling us about your will concerning our lives, wherever we are, at whatever uh, stage of life we have. Blessed be your name. Lord, bless all of us. What do you, Lord Father, teach us to pray through Jesus Christ our Lord? Amen. Amen.